Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another installment of Growing with Sol. So I know that a lot of us are already really familiar with the term self-care. Some of us might even think that it's perhaps a bit overused, maybe cliche at this point. I completely disagree with that, though if you are thinking that, then perhaps you just have an abundance of self-care in your life already, so you don't need any more of it, which is a wonderful, beautiful, fantastic thing. Nonetheless, self-care is definitely a concept, an idea that is in the zeitgeist, if you will. We all have some sort of foundational or maybe like even surface level understanding of what it is and what it looks like. But self-care can also include conflict and confrontation. Before we get into that, I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode. Um, if you have not already, definitely go ahead and follow the podcast. I would greatly appreciate that to see our community continue to grow. Also, if you have been enjoying the podcast, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. That would be absolutely wonderful and fantastic. And again, if you um, are interested in working with me, I am a life coach and I am accepting clients. And you can go ahead and schedule a free discovery call in the show notes. So now that we've done that businessy part... Let's go ahead and get into why and how self-care can and does include conflict and confrontation. Let's define self-care. Per Oxford languages, self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. Basic definition of self-care, basic, genuine, like genuine, general understanding of what self-care is in the zeitgeist, like I said, in common parlance, if you will, that is typically how we all understand and practice self-care. Nothing inherently wrong with that. Self-care definitely encompasses all of that. And I kind of see that as all things positive, all things fun. We're talking about happiness here. We're talking about de-stressing. We're talking about rest and relaxation. That would be maybe the meditation piece, maybe the bubble baths, going for your hot girl walks, all those things. However, self-care can include things we don't like. So this will be doctor's appointments, doing our taxes on time, cleaning our homes, doing laundry, the chores that we hate or like the mundane things. It can be reviewing our finances every month. Like these are things that can be tedious, but at the end of the day, we know are good for us. That can also be self-care, not just the fun relaxing, vacation, staycation stuff, but also, I hate going to the dentist, but I like having clean teeth. You know what I mean? Those things are also self-care. Even then, there is still another layer, another level, if you will, of self-care, and that is self-advocacy. What is self-advocacy? I found this lovely definition by the, that was, well, it was shared by the Disability Resource Center at UC Santa Cruz. And it is stating that self-advocacy is an individual's ability to effectively communicate, convey, negotiate, or assert his or her own interests, desires, needs, and rights. It involves making informed decisions and taking responsibility for those decisions. Beautiful. That's what I'm talking about here, and I'm definitely going to get into it more in this episode. But let's look at that definition. Effectively communicating, negotiating, asserting all for the betterment of ourselves, all for the well-being of ourselves and taking responsibility for the decisions that we also make. 
So there is even accountability in this form of self-care, which is self-advocacy. So how does this relate to conflict and confrontation? Sometimes we are put in the position where we have to fight for what we require, for what we deserve. And we often can see this in, say, like the medical field, when we go to these doctor appointments. And it can feel like we're putting our health, our lives sometimes, in the hands of these professionals. Often, though, what we do also need to do in these situations it is advocate for ourselves, for our best interests, for our health, and for our wellness. So, for example, I had a client who was dreading going to a psychiatrist due to previous negative experiences. I am very much of the belief that we are the experts on ourselves. So, she was concerned with going to a psychiatrist because she was very concerned with getting a diagnosis for ADHD. And that's what she was thinking that she had. But previously, um, previous psychiatrists have all just been like, you're depressed, here, take some present, go on with your life. So she was like, I'm concerned, I'm worried about going to a psychiatrist because they're just going to say that I'm depressed and they're not going to actually care about hearing me out in regards to possibly having ADHD, which she thought she had. And ultimately, she was correct. Ultimately, she was able to go to a psychiatrist, and it was a wonderful experience, and she got the care that she really needed. But so often, which is what her and I talked about before she went um, and found this psychiatrist, was that we have experiences like she had originally, where they were just like, oh, this is what's wrong with you. Here you go. Have this pill. Move on with your life. I'll see you. Later on, perhaps, if it's not working out, or to like, I don't know, refill a prescription or whatever. Um, and we're not actually getting at the crux of what is going on, and we have to advocate, perhaps, for that. Um, before I get into that piece, let me give you another example, um, which is actually myself. When I was 20, 21, I was 21, yeah, I was a senior in college, and I was having pain in my knee both knees actually. I was having pain in both of my knees and I went to my doctor and her conclusion was that I was just overusing my knees and well, one in particular was like worse than the other. So she's like, you're just overusing your knee. And like, I was not prepared necessarily to go into this doctor appointment and like have to advocate for a better diagnosis or like explanation or better care. Like, I genuinely, like, especially back then when she was like, yeah, go to the doctor, get taken care of, like, it'll be fine. I had a youth on my side at that point um, because I was 21 years old. How the fuck could a 21-year-old be overusing their knee or, like, any part of their body? So that just did not make any type of sense to me. So I was persistent and I was like, that doesn't make sense. How am I overusing my knee? Like I'm 21. Like that just doesn't make sense. Like, do I have an injury? Do I need to treat an injury? Like, can you tell what's going on with my knee? Can you actually give me an actual reason that I'm using, that I'm overusing my knee or that an actual reason as to why I have this pain? And my doctor couldn't. All they could like think of was like, oh, you're just overusing it. And it's like, no, give me something, like, show me, tell me, like, what actually is going on. And she couldn't. So she just like, okay, fine, like, I'll send you to physical therapy. 
like that that's it she's like oh whatever physical therapy hopefully they figure it out and they did i was able to go to physical therapy near my campus where i was at at the time since i was in college and it was wonderful it was one of the best experiences that i've ever had in terms of like medical care and that was because the physical therapy that i went to was like the physical therapist i went to was great she actually like figured out what was going wrong with me and basically i needed to stretch more um and that's why I was having some pain in my knees, one one knee more so than the other. But in that particular case, I had youth on my side, and maybe maybe a little bit of hubris, maybe a little bit attitude. Um, but I had to really fight to get the care that I needed and deserved. So ultimately, how is this conflict? How is this confrontation? These are tense conversations. Like when we, especially in this type of situation. When you are at a doctor's office, when you are going to the doctor, these are these are tense conversations with someone who is viewed to be an expert. So many of us, like and I'll just as a society, we view doctors as the expert. We view them as somebody who is going to have the answers as to what is ailing us. And when we end up in a situation where we're not getting the care we need, it places us in an, un, in an uncomfortable and awkward situation. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of conversation about this online lately. Um, a lot of conversation around women not getting the medical care that they need. A lot of women being dismissed, put on medication needlessly or carelessly. And even more so than that, uh, especially here in the United States, there is this added layer, um, especially for women, as I mentioned, but also as minorities and women of color. As an example, just to like touch on it very quickly, just so you get an idea of what I'm talking about, per the CDC, in 2020, the maternal mortality rate for non-Hispanic Black women was 55.3 deaths per 100,000 live births. So basically like 53 deaths per 100,000 women giving birth. 2.9 times the rate of non-Hispanic white women. So basically... Black women are dying when they're giving birth at 2.0 times more than white women. And in conversations around this, there is a lot of, there's a lot that goes into it, like racism, sexism. There's so much there that it would take up so much more time to get into outside of the scope of this uh, podcast, this episode. So, but I want to give you that snapshot just to see like as women, as women of color, this is what we can face, especially in the, when it comes to medical care, which means that we have to advocate for ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves for these tense these tense conversations, this confrontation, this conflict that we may be going into. So part of self-advocacy and self-care in this way can, is and can be preemptive. So again, if we're going to be sticking with this uh, theme, if you will, of medical care and pregnancy and giving birth, I've learned a lot about pregnancy and giving birth uh, just through women sharing their experiences online. And I have come to the conclusion to the decision that uh, if I ever choose to have children, I will have a doula or midwife and I will not be giving birth without one. I will not be going through pregnancy without one. And partially, 
um, we can say that might be a position of privilege because yes, it's going to cost extra money than just your standard medical care when you are pregnant. I totally recognize that. And again, preemptively speaking for my self-care and my self-advocacy is that I mean, I'm not anywhere near giving birth anytime soon or getting pregnant. So I am putting in the work now to be in the financial position one day to afford that if I ever do so choose in the future to have children. I also recognize that having a doula or a midwife is is self-care in that I'm going to have someone in the room who is extremely knowledgeable about what my body is going to be going through and is is in my corner. Like, like they're, they're being paid by me, baby. They get their monies from me, okay, directly. Not someone else, not anything else. Like, I, they, you know, they're, they're in my corner. Make, taking care of my well-being while I'm freaking out pushing out a human being. That is another example of preemptive self-care. But ultimately, and maybe like another way of seeing self-advocacy, but ultimately confrontation, conflict can be a part of self-care through self-advocacy. And I've used um, medical care as the main example in this episode. However, self-advocacy can come in many other forms. Quite obviously, politically speaking, um, of course, that's going to amass, um, going to need much more numbers of people to come together and agree and and to push forward and maybe protest, um, vote individually. You can like write your senators, your representatives. Like, so that that is self-advocacy. That is a part of self-care because politics does affect our everyday lives. We can also see it, it may be in uh, the job searching process in interviews, in negotiating for uh, an adequate wage, adequate salary. Um, so self-advocacy comes up in other areas as well. But I wanted to give the medical field or the medical care one as the example, just because I've seen it a lot lately. I've experienced it myself and I've talked to clients about it as well. So ultimately, what can we do when we are practicing self-care through the form of self-advocacy. Definitely mentally prepare. So in a manner of speaking, especially I would say for women and women of color when it comes to um, a lot of these things and especially like medical care, you know, go into these situations hoping for the best. Like my client, we talked about being prepared to, you know, tell a doctor, you know, I hear you. However, I disagree with you and I'm going to get a second opinion. You know, so mentally prepare to have to advocate for yourself while, you know, hoping for the best, you know, carry the two at the same time, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So mentally prepare, practice what you want to say, especially if you're going into a situation ahead of time, that there's an appointment or what have you, practice what you want to say, mentally rehearse it, practice it in the mirror, whatever you need to do to be prepared to say the words that you need to say to advocate for yourself. Also, gather information. Educate yourself as much as possible on whatever given topic that is pertaining to your self-advocacy. So if that is, like for me, for instance, wanting a doula or a midwife, that's because I've I've gathered information about pregnancy and childbirth, and I'm like, hmm, I think it would be wise to have one of these. And of course, it would require more uh, information gathering, you know, if I ever do if I ever seriously think about getting pregnant in the future one day. Additionally, if you are in the hiring process, you've been interviewing for jobs, you think you might get an offer, look into like how much do people in this position get paid? Like how, 
like, what company am I, you know, what's this company that I'm applying to? Like, are they, how are they doing financially? Like, do they definitely have the finances to pay me? How can I best negotiate a higher salary? Like, do the research, educate yourself as much as possible so that you can better prepare and mentally rehearse what you want to say. And then you set yourself up for success even more when you're advocating for yourself or negotiating. Additionally, get comfortable with conflict. This sounds a little weird. Um, and I'm not saying you want to be out there like starting fights with people, but we definitely want to get comfortable with having these tense conversations and know that it's going to be okay. And know that you are not going to be this like evil person by even initiating a tense conversation by advocating for yourself. So if you are struggling with this, especially for people who are people pleasers, please refer to Monday's episode. Um, the link will be in the show notes. If you would also like more help with this in particular, I am accepting clients and we can schedule a call. Um, you can schedule the call through the link in my show notes as well. Ultimately, I hope that you found this episode to be of value. If you did, please share it with your loved ones. Share it on social media. You can tag me at your coach Mari on Instagram and on TikTok. Don't forget to follow the podcast to leave a review if you liked it. And to, again, schedule that call with me if you would like to work with me. And I will see you in the next one. Thank you.